G'day friends, welcome back. Andor is coming out tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is the three episode premiere. And I'm very, very excited. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm more hopeful about this than I was about Obi-Wan. I'm almost more excited about this than I was about Obi-Wan. 12 episodes. 12. You don't get that anymore. 12 episodes set in the coolest era of Star Wars that we've barely scratched the surface on, right? The formation of the Rebel Alliance. The, the potential for the characters that we could see, the, the political drama in the Imperial Senate, so much exciting stuff we're going to get to see. So in the lead up, I gave Rogue One another watch the other day, and I'm going to give it a review because Tony Gilroy is back, I believe, um, as part of Andor, um, Diego Luna, obviously returning as the as the title character. Um, we're going to see probably a number of other characters return. The tone is going to be similar. Um, we're going to learn more about the characters we see in the film. So I thought it was a good time to uh, review it. And um, God, looking back on it, it's it's it isn't my favourite, but it is almost definitely the best film of the Disney era. It is really really excellent, and it is aging very well. So, let's get into it. Okay, so Rogue One was directed by Gareth Edwards of Godzilla fame. Uh, stars Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, Maz Mikkelsen, Donnie Yen, Zhang Wen, Forrest Whitaker, Alan Tudyk, Riz Ahmed, and James Earl Jones. Now, as I said, I think the movie is excellent. I love the tone. I love the look. Uh, Michael Giacchino's score is really good given he was brought in late um, to to do it. I think he only had like a month to complete it, which is fantastic. Um, he ended up with a really, really, really solid uh, score. Um, so this film underwent extensive reshoots and they, they, they changed a whole bunch of shit uh, pretty, pretty late in the day. Um, it'd be fascinating to see what the original, like what the first draft was before they changed. Apparently they changed like the entire second half of the movie. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to know what they changed. They obviously changed the, the music that I think was going to be Alexander Desplat who was going to come in and do it. I can't remember why he was removed, but he was. Um, and yeah, apparently, yeah, a lot of the last act was changed, um, which I guess is a good thing because the last act of this film is excellent. It's like a full-on... Warzone. It's fantastic um, on all those 
beaches on Scarif and yeah, but I'll, I should say as well, this movie's six years old. I'm not doing a spoiler warning. I'll say that as well. <laughs> um, so what's the plot? What's the plot of the movie? What's the point of the movie? So the plot of this movie is basically, it's about the team of rebels who secure the Death Star plans that we see Leia with at the very beginning of A New Hope. So basically the film is introducing us to all these characters who will eventually form the group Rogue One who will go to Scarif and steal the plans and get them to the Rebel Alliance. Now, why are the Death Star plans so important? And why was this movie made just to fill a plot hole of the original trilogy, you ask? <gasps> Let me tell you. So the main character is Jin Erso, played by Felicity Jones, and her father is played by Mads Mikkelsen. Now, he is an engineer, and he helps build the Death Star. He works for the Empire for a bit. He's able to get out, have a family. They bring him back. He goes back begrudgingly, and he figures, rather than cause any trouble and get myself killed or whatever, I'm going to pretend to be working really hard. But what I'm actually doing is planting an enormous, uh, I guess, target... <laughs> Uh, right in the middle of the Death Star, an enormous weakness that uh, won't be detected, but is there and is an enormous vulnerability for the Empire. There's a little bit of revenge. So basically what they're explaining away is here is how easy it was for Luke to destroy the Death Star, is what they're doing, right? So Maz Mikkelsen, Galen Erso, he deliberately planted that weakness in the Death Star when he was building it, so it would be easy for the Rebels to destroy, which I think is perfect. It's the perfect way of uh, covering up that that plot hole, um, and I really love the idea. I think it's a really, really cool idea to have this saboteur, really. Um, Felicity Jones' character, Jin, um, I do, I like her, don't love her. One weakness of this film is the characterization of a lot of them. Um, Jin gets a little bit of development, but not heaps. Like, she's she's likable, but she's also a bit abrasive, um, which I guess makes her kind of interesting. So she's not a bad character. Diego Luna, um, again, is not given much, but he's getting his, his own show now, Cassian. So um, we're going to learn heaps about him, <laughs> more than we ever would have imagined. <laughs> Um, but again, I, I like Diego Luna's performance. He just isn't given heaps to do. Um, Ben Mendelsohn, I think is a highlight as, um, oh, his name has escaped me. Oh, I watched this movie like two days ago. I can't think of his name. Let me just, Ben Mendelsohn. It's, it's, oh, come on. It's Ben Mendelsohn, mine. <laughs> What's my character's name, man? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, I'm so ashamed. It's not going to come to me. It's right. I was thinking about it like two minutes ago. I'm going to try to keep waffling on until it comes to me. Oh, Krennic. Got it. <laughs> yes, his performance as Krennic is... I, I think it's excellent. Um, it's just like mustache twirly in a way, um, but he's really entertaining to watch. 
I certainly hope he pops up in the show. Um, Mickelson as Galen Urso, I really enjoy. He's not in the film enough for mine. Um, Donnie Yen and Jiang Wen play um, Chirrut and Bays, who are friends um, guarding a, a Kaiba temple on um, Jeddah. On the planet Jeddah, um, they are friends. We again, they don't. We don't get a lot of development about them. We don't know why they're friends, but their friendship sort of blossoms on screen. And Donnie Yen is a standout. He's very funny. Um, he's badass. He's fucking badass. His action scenes are excellent. Um, and he's he's honestly one of my favourite characters of the Disney era. Cheer it! Like he's he's force sensitive, but he isn't a Jedi. Um, he's, he's a, like a temple guardian, sort of guardian of the will, of, of the wills, I should say, um, is what both him and Baze are, guardians of the wills. Um, I'm not going to get into what the wills are because I don't want this podcast to go for an hour and a half. If you want to know what the wills are, there's loads of YouTube videos. You can go look it up. They're, they're to do with the force is what I'll say. Um, but yeah, I, I like the two of them enough. Um, Forrest Whitaker as... Saw Guerrero. Um, there's a lot of criticism about his, like the way he, he did his voice and and those things. I thought he was actually really, really good. I think he understood a character that hardly existed yet. Like Saw had been in Clone Wars before this, but apart from that, he'd hardly been seen in any media, right? So I think I think Whitaker really understood. Right, this guy's been doing this for the best part of 25 years. He is broken. He's got hardly any of himself left. He's tired and he's paranoid. Um, his, his morals are questionable. <laughs> like He's a fascinating character. And I, th- I think... The way that Whitaker played him at that stage in his life, which is the end of his life, he dies in this movie, um, was excellent. I think he understood a developed character that hadn't been developed yet. I actually think it's a really, really underrated performance. Um, Riz Ahmed as Bodhi. I'm the pilot. <laughs> I'm the, <laughs> as the fucking pilot. I like him a lot. He, again, he just isn't given heaps to do isn't given heaps of development, but he's, he's a perfectly good character. He's, again, I like the idea of um, Galen being able to sort of befriend other rebel sympathizers and get them to help with the cause. Um, James Earl Jones returning to voice Darth Vader. Um, he They did a much better job with um, using Reese Speecher on his voice in the Obi-Wan series. It sounds really good. Uh, in Rogue One, it sounds like he sounds his age is what I'll say. Like he he sounds old. He he still does. He still has a magnificent voice, Jones. Um, but um, yeah, he sounded old, which is fine. Like Vader's only in two scenes in the whole movie. Um, so it wasn't an, like I think he only speaks in one. <laughs> I don't think he speaks when he shows up at the end. Does he? I don't think he does. He just kills everybody. Um, so yeah, that was excellent. Alan Tudyk as K2SO. I cannot wait for K2SO to show up in the show. 
He is a fucking highlights. He's a reprogrammed Imperial droid, and he is fucking hilarious. He is so funny. Oh, and he's fucking awesome. He's badass. So he sacrifices himself at the end so they can go and get the plans. He kills just shitloads of stormtroopers throughout the movie. He's a fucking boss. Um, so when he shows up in the show, which he will, it will be very, very exciting to see him again. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about Vader, right? So when this movie came out, everyone was like, like we knew Vader was going to be in it because he's in the trailer or he's breathing at least was in the trailer and he's only in the two scenes. He shows up at the end of the second act to make a choking pun <laughs> at Krennic's expense. So Krennic, like, you know, Krennic goes to Sook to him basically. He's like, everyone's taking all the credit for all the shit that I did. Oh. And Vader goes, right, you got to get, like, you're right. So you blew up Jetta City, right, the Death Star works. Go back and, and do or do more things. Do more bad, baddie things. And then Krennic goes, so, so I'm still in charge? It's not Tarkin? Then Vader gives him a little force choke. He says, be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> it's just, oh, you're making funnies. <laughs> you're making funnies now, Darth. Okay. Um... But no, I like that scene. And then obviously the hallway scene at the end is now iconic. You don't know about it. I don't know what you're doing listening to this. Um, but it's amazing. It is amazing. Like the, I remember when I saw the movie, right? I watched it and it got all the way through. I was like, this is fine. Like, this is all right. I'm having an okay time. It's interesting. It's cool. Star Wars. But that last scene, this, right at the end with Vader doing what he does in the hallway, just opening it up. My God, it leaves you with such a good taste in your mouth. doesn't matter what you think about the rest of the movie. You, you, you see that at the end, you go, my God, that was fantastic. I feel amazing. I feel exhilarated. I have goosebumps. Um, and that's what it did. That scene was just absolutely remarkable. And now everyone wanted more. Everyone wanted to see him fucking shit up in Obi-Wan and he fucked shit up in Obi-Wan. Everyone wanted to see him fucking shit up in Jedi Fallen Order and he fucked shit up in Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> now it's become a thing to watch Vader fuck shit up. I'm sure we'll see him at some point in this show, actually, to be fair. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Speaking of Tarkin, I mentioned Tarkin briefly just then. So this movie broke serious ground in visual effects for, I believe, the first time they brought someone back from the dead. I don't think it had been done anywhere before this. They brought Peter Cushing back from the dead. They put his face on someone else's face. And everyone says it looks really... It's distracting. That's sort of the consensus, right? Granted, this is six years ago now that they did this. I think it's almost perfect. I think it's so close to flawless. Like, it, it's, it will... I don't know if we're ever going to overcome the Uncanny Valley thing. I think we're always going to be able to tell what's real and what's not when it comes to a person's face. I don't know if they'll ever get that right. But my God, this is unbelievably close. This is unbelievably close. This is before they were like de-aging everybody and the Irishman and doing all that stuff. This is 2016. This movie came out. So they did this in 2015. This is unbelievable. They bought Peter Cushing back from the dead. 
it's crazy. We're going to see Harry Potter you know, part nine and they're going to bring Alan Rickman back to play Snape. Like, it, it's they can do anything now. They can do anything. It was just amazing. It was amazing. And then the, the, the scene with Leia at the very end was not as good. It's very brief, so it's okay. Um, but they sort of, they didn't do as good a job with that, I will say. And like, you look at what they've done now with, you know, making a young Luke Skywalker, it's basically bringing back someone from the dead because Mark Hamill looking like that doesn't exist anymore. It hasn't existed for 30 years, right? So it's also really impressive. And this is like where it all started with this Pete, with this amazing Peter Cushing revival. It's unreal. Um, the rest of the movie looks amazing as well. The, the, the effects in all the, the fighting and the, and the cinematography is beautiful. It is a beautiful looking movie. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've got heaps of praise for it. There isn't a whole lot of negatives I have. I, I would love to have had more depth to the characters. I think we are going to get that at the very least for Cassian and K2SO. Um, there might be other characters that we see pop in and out. I think it's unlikely though. Um, so that's cool. Legit. Apart from that, I haven't got really that many. Oh, the, the, the bloody, the more gullet, the, the, the mind reading squid monster. What's that doing in there? (laughs) Why is that there? (laughs) Why'd you put it in the movie? Well, it doesn't serve a purpose. It doesn't inhibit anybody or benefit anybody in the story. It was really, really odd. I gotta say, um, I would have, I would have been happy for it to have been cut out, and to have had an extra minute on some character development. <laughs> Seriously, it was fucking weird. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's it's an excellent film. It's an excellent Star Wars film, and. I think if if they're sort of doing Andor in a similar vein, similar sort of tone, gritty, you know, gritty is a word that's thrown around way too much, but that's what it was. So the the first time we meet Cassian, he's he's working with this guy, another rebel, he's getting a bit of information or he's giving information or something, and then the cops are coming, stormtroopers are coming, they're stuck in an alley, the guy's got a broken arm, he can't get out, right? Cassian murders him. He shoots him, right? And you think, fucking hell, Cassian got what he needed and he just cut this guy down, which might be true. What I think is true is he knew the guy was never going to be able to escape and it was a mercy killing, right? Or he thought the guy was going to get captured and give up information, so he killed him for that reason. Either way, he kills this guy who he knew personally. Don't know if they were friends, but he knew him. He kills him in cold blood. And you go, damn, this guy's interesting and we just don't get any more of the interestingness. So we're going to get more of it in this show, which is really exciting. Um, I haven't got heaps more to say. It's, I think the final sequence, like the, the, the battle on Scarif and everyone dying one after another is honestly pretty amazing. Um, the death that gets me is Chirrut's death. Um, because Baze is obviously really sad and it's just, it's an awesome moment where Chirrut just walks across all that blast of fire. He's just praying. I am one with the force and the force is with me, which is another phrase that I really like, but he's, he gets through and he's able to flick that switch and do whatever the bloody switch does. 
and then obviously K2's death is is so sad. It's so sad. Cause he's cause he's a fucking smart ass, but he's a good boy. He's a good robot. Good boy. And he and he sacrifices himself for the two so the two of them can complete the mission. He even says so. Complete the mission as he's dying. It's a pretty good scene, not gonna lie. And we're we're gonna get so much more of their friendship and how they come to you know be working together cassian and k2so it's gonna be really really cool to see in the show um yeah i haven't got much else to say the 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 highlights are how great it looks um the action the music that was put together on short notice mendelssohn's performance the scene with vader at the end the entire third act is really, really excellent. Oh, the scene with the Hammerhead Corvette where they push one Star Destroyer into another and then down through the shield thing. That was great. Okay, first of all, that shield that covers the entire base on Scarif, right? That's fine. So it's got a little shield gate right at the top. It's a little hole that they can open and shut as they as they please. Um, the rebels are trying to get all their X-Wings through and they can't and they get a few through, but then the gate shuts. You think, fuck. So they're trying to, the way that they want to get through the shield is by shooting directly at the shield. You're like, yep, that's going to work. You guys have never seen a shield before, have you? Oh, excuse me, you fucking plebs. Um, obviously, the thing that would make sense would be to shoot the surrounding structure that clearly controls the shield. But no, they have to wait until there's a, there's a Star Destroyer that's been turned off that's next to another Star Destroyer that are both floating directly over the surrounding structure, the shield that we need to destroy. Then what we'll do is we'll push one into the other, we'll make them all blow up, and they'll crash down into the thing, and they'll turn it off, and it'll be a big winny win win time. And it is. Um, so that's great. Great to see Jimmy Smith's back, Genevieve O'Reilly. I think Genevieve O'Reilly's going to be fucking awesome in Andor. I love um, the vibe I get from her character. Mon Mothma in the trailer. Um, bloody, bloody, I hadn't watched this. So, so this year I watched Game of Thrones for the first time, right? Watched it all the way through. I'm also thoroughly enjoying House of Dragon. But Barristan Selmy, right? I forget the actor's name, but he's an older Irish actor, I saw him first in Dairy Girls, right? He plays the granddad in Dairy Girls and he's fucking hilarious. What do you mean, no chicken? Um, but he's in this. He's in Rogue One. I hadn't seen it, like, in a couple of years. And since then, I've watched both Dairy Girls and Game of Thrones, and now I know this actor quite well. And I saw him with his big white beard and his all his white hair. I was like, that's fucking no chicken, <laughs> It's embarrassed and sell me. I was like, hey, what's going on? So that was cool. Um, there's a cool little R2 and 3PO cameo, which is fun. Um, yeah, that's about it. It's an excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, it, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, it's a great war movie. It's 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 got intrigue. Um, it's got a bit of family drama thrown in there. It's It's really quite good, honestly. I highly recommend it, even if you're not into, if you're not into Star Wars. If you are into Star Wars, and you somehow haven't seen it, go and watch it in the next. What's the time now? Go and watch it in the next twenty. Sorry, in the next nineteen hours. 
because Andal's coming out, baby, and some things are going to be a little... Even though even though Andal's a prequel, there might be some things that are a little bit confusing to people who haven't seen Rogue One. Rogue One was also... It was the first anthology. We've only had two. <laughs> we've had this and we've had um, Solo. I do, I'm a big fan of Solo as well. When this was coming out, they're like, oh, they're going to do a crawl. What's going to happen? No crawl. Just the long time ago, Galaxy Far Away. And then they jumped straight into the movie. The cool shot of the rings of whatever planet that is. And and it's it's all it's all really cool. And yeah, they, this is just... Gareth Edwards nailed this. He nailed it. And I'm so glad that it exists. Because the Disney era for Star Wars in terms of films has been, for the most part, pretty lackluster. Like, I'm a big fan of The Last Jedi. But it's got its problems. Force Awakens, I can give or take. I'm so meh on Force Awakens. Um, I love Solo a lot. Big, big fan of Solo. And my God, Rise of Skywalker is the biggest pile of fucking dog shit that I've ever seen. So to have this, to have Rogue One and Solo as the as the shining lights is is fantastic to have for sure. All right, that will do for this one, guys. Keep it short and sweet. I'm super excited for the show to come out tomorrow night. I will be doing a review of the first three episodes uh, tomorrow night. Probably, in fact, definitely, I would say. So that'll be exciting. Um, Hope you're all as keen as I am. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.